0: Welcome to the Big Bass Podcast, the fishing show where size matters and happy Independence Day. I'm Ken Duke.
1: And I'm Terry Battisti. Uh, Our engineer and uh, producer is Nathan Benson, uh, and this is another edition or episode of the Big Bass Podcast.
0: Yes, it is. And Terry, this episode of the Big Bass Podcast is going to be a little different. Now, folks, ordinarily Terry and I share the research responsibilities of what we do here, and we work together to kind of map out the show so we can tell it as well as we possibly can and as thoroughly as we possibly can. This time, however, we're going a different route. This time, I've done all the research, uh, but I also know that Terry is more than casually familiar with the story. so. He's not totally in the dark about it here. Mm-hmm. And as we start this recording, Terry is aware that this episode is somehow tied to Independence Day. He also knows that I'm going to make a statement. I'm going to make an argument uh, in this show that he can either agree or disagree with, and I'm looking forward to debating that with him. I have no idea where what his opinion may be or where he might land on this, but I'm going to try to convince him that, I write, that I'm right, you know, because I am. Uh, let's get started, Doctor.
1: Yeah, yeah. So let me let me paint my side of the, the picture here. Ken did not tell me about this uh, setup or layout or theme until maybe an hour ago.
0: Oh, come on. Hour and
1: a half. <laughs> an hour and a half. Okay, maybe an hour and a half ago. And all he would say was Independence Day. And I've had too much to do between then and now in order to even consider looking up what fish or fishes were caught on Independence Day. That would be of interest to the Big Bass podcast viewer
0: or listener. No worries. You're going to be just fine. First of all, Independence yeah. Day, July 4, 1776. The Declaration of Independence was ratified by the Second Continental Congress in Philadelphia, thereby establishing the United States of America, the finest country on our planet you know and even it was a significant day and everybody knew it was a significant day and in the 1770s and 80s different groups were already celebrating or commemorating July 4th for example in 1778 when when the battle for independence was still being fought uh, against England uh, George Washington gave his soldiers a double ration of rum to mark the anniversary so celebrating started early uh, in 1870 uh the federal government made Independence Day an unpaid holiday for federal work for federal workers. In 1938, it became a paid federal holiday. And if you're like, unless you're working in retail or maybe the food service industry, there's a good chance you're getting Independence Day off from work now. But I don't want to talk about 1776 or, or 1938. I want to focus on 1855, and that's a big clue to Dr. Battisti. I expect he has a pretty fair idea of where I'm going right now. But I want to talk about 1855, and I want to tell a little of the story of James Alexander. Finish it up for us, Doctor.
1: Uh,
0: Henshaw? Very good. Henshaw. James (laughs) Alexander Henshaw. Now, Henshaw, as I expect, everybody who's watching the Big Bass podcast, listening to the Big Bass podcast, you folks know, uh, this is a history show to a great degree. And uh, James Alexander Henshaw is a incredibly significant personality in the history of bass fishing. Henshaw the,
1: he is the significantly significant, excuse me. Let's go there. Signif- yeah. Absolutely. He, 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 he's the guy. I mean, he's, he's the guy. If it wasn't for Henshaw, I I don't know. I mean, we may have gotten to where we're at today, uh, but it may have been a little bit longer.
0: So Henshaw was born on leap day February 29th in 1836 where dr. Battisti
1: oh geez <laughs> Ohio
0: <laughs> no he was no it was he was, in, a, was, he was in,
1: yeah he was born in New York I believe
0: he was born in Baltimore
1: Oh, Baltimore Maryland okay
0: as a young man he fell in love I'm with sorry his, I failed that <laughs> that's okay that's okay I, I think that's a tough one that's why I asked it hoping you'd get it wrong to, uh, to make throw me under the bus. So as a young guy, he fell in love with fishing, uh, particularly fishing for brook trout. In fact, Henshaw once wrote, surely there is no lovelier fish than the brook trout. When Henshaw was 16 years old, he finished high school and his family moved to Cincinnati, Ohio, in an effort to improve his mother's health. But rather than go straight from high school into, uh, into further education where he planned to become a... Physician. Physician. Terry knows this stuff backwards and forwards, but I am surprised. Except for where I
1: I couldn't pull it out of my sphincter where he actually, you know, was born. So instead of going straight (laughs) from high
0: school into medical school, Henshaw decided he wanted to experience more of life. So he went to work as a proofreader in a printing house and did that for a couple of years. Then he went to work in a counting house, like a, a, you know, where the bookkeeping kind of thing for a large mercantile firm back in Baltimore, where he was from. In 1855, when he was 19 years old, Henshaw decided it was time to get back to his education and to the study of medicine. So he climbed on board a railroad car of the Baltimore and Ohio Railway, and he headed to Cincinnati. Mm -hmm. What was the date of that railroad trip, Dr. Battisti?
1: July 4th, 1855.
0: No, no it wasn't. I don't know the date of that railroad trip doesn't matter it was it was, in the, it was in the first first half of the how'd you like that ken i'm <laughs> just i'm just enjoying you flail, watching you flail
1: uh, so where the hell are my freaking you know pull pull uh tubes or whatever the hell they call those things <laughs>
0: I need so, a, here wait
1: here so, let me get this here.
0: He's, he's distracting me from, from my plan, folks. I've got my
1: son's <laughs> life vest here.
0: Put it on. Put it on. So Henshaw hops, Bal- hops on a, a train car of the Baltimore and Ohio Railway, and he heads for Cincinnati where his family is and where he plans to continue his medical education. He wrote about it in his autobiography, and he said this. And this is really significant, so I'm going to read it to you. He said, some gentlemen seated near me were conversing about fishing, and naturally I became an interested listener. Their conversation was mostly about a fish they called black bass, and they were very enthusiastic regarding its gameness and its desirability as a food fish. I had never seen nor read of the fish, nor even heard of it before. The gentlemen were soon joined by the conductor of the train, who also proved to be a great admirer of the fish in question. I resolved to make the acquaintance of the fish at the earliest opportunity as I was assured by the conductor that it was common in the upper Ohio River and abundant in all the tributaries so Henshaw gets back to Cincinnati Terry and he starts medical school but he still uh-huh. got bass on the brain as as you and I do to this day and in his autobiography as we know it was published in the uh, like eighteen nineteen through Eight, nine, I'm sorry, 1919 through about 1922 or 23. Yes. Uh, he wrote, my interest in respecting the black bass had not relaxed. So, Yeah,
1: I, I mean, could you imagine you're hearing about this fish that you've never heard about before on a train ride. You know, you've got brook trout, I mean, on the brain, and and someone's saying that there's something better out there than the brook trout, and you're an avid fisherman. What is your number one goal? It's to go... Go angle for that
0: fish. You've got to chase it down. And one thing we know about Henshaw, Terry and I, and hopefully other y'all who are students of Henshaw, uh, is he's a, uh, an incredibly curious mind. An yeah. incredibly curious and inventive mind. So he's, mm-hmm. he's got baselines. Well, right. he, but he's open-minded, too. Enormously open-minded. Willing to try things that no one had ever accomplished before in, in right. the world of, of medicine, in the world of ichthyology. Henshaw was the real deal. So he had a fishing buddy who had some bass fishing experience and they scheduled a trip. Terry, do you know the date of that fishing trip? The first bass fishing trip ever for James Alexander Henshaw.
1: It was not only do I know the date, but I know the, where they fished. What was the date, sir? July 4th and
0: it was on the Miami River. July 4th, or 1855, Mya- you're correct, sir. You are correct. Terry Battisti knows his stuff. He wrote about that trip in his autobiography, Mm -hmm. serialized by Forest and Stream magazine many years later. Um, And and here's what he wrote. He said, on the 4th of July, 1855, we took the train for the little town of Morrow on the Little Miami River, some 30 miles from Cincinnati. When they got there, they, they first caught some minnows to use for bait. And Henshaw watched his buddy so he could learn the proper fishing technique for these black bass. That he probably, 10 years later, corrected. (laughs) No doubt. No doubt about that. Uh, uh, Pretty soon his friend got hooked up on one. And here's what he said about that. The bait had scarcely time to sink ere it was seized and the float disappeared from view as the line went racing through the water, cutting erratic angles and curves in a way I had never seen before. Out leaped a wriggling form of a greenish bronze with wide open mouth, red and cavernous that seemed to hurl a defiant challenge as with a graceful curve it appeared beneath the surface. My eyes seemed bulging out of my head as I tried to follow him in his eccentric courses as the line went hissing through the water. Now here, now there, with an audible swish as he rushed toward the rocks, then toward a patch of weeds. Finally he lowered his crest and turned up his armored side to the summer sun in sheer desperation, and as he was being slowly reeled in he seemed to exhibit his defiance and to protest against his undue defeat by slapping his broad tail on the shimmering surface.
1: Now, write that into today's emojis and acronyms. <laughs> I'll, I'll take a pass on that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, what has happened to the English s- written and spoken language?
0: Well, it has gone to hell
1: in a handbasket. I think I mean, there's a compromise
0: <laughs> between the, the purple prose of Henshaw in in his day and, and where we're at now but i do enjoy i do enjoy that but what i what i really what i mostly enjoy about that is the passion he made it sound like an absolutely epic battle and but you kept, can
1: see it in, you can see it in your head you can't do that with the poop emoji well you yeah, i guess you can see it in the mood with your poop emoji but you know, let's not uh, let's i mean not, let's not dismiss <laughs>
0: your go-to literary device <laughs>
1: Yeah. No, I, I, I'm just I, I'm, I'm saying that that the written literature of today is nothing like it was. And yeah, I, I agree that the purple prose of the 1880s, you know, he needed that, to be worked needed wrote, to be worked on. But yeah, he, he, but you could actually envision all everything that he was saying in that written written word
0: absolutely very, very descriptive. I I love that passage. That's why I read it, even though it's long. And hey, folks, if you go and you find it yourself, you're gonna find out that the passage is even longer than that. I cut (laughs) out some of the stuff that (laughs) that I thought could be cut out. Uh, That's the editor in me. So epic battle, made a huge impression on Henshaw. And he said that smallmouth weighed about a pound and a half. Um, All right, Terry, what happened after Henshaw's buddy caught a fish? What was next?
1: Henshaw catches his
0: first fish. No, his buddy caught another one. Uh, <laughs> well, Henshaw you said after you didn't say when. Well, after, well, well. <laughs> so he, he he stays on. He stays in the bag. He stays watching his buddy. His buddy catches another fish about the same size. But then he says, "Okay, I've got it. I now have the tools I need to to get in here and, and catch one of these things." So he mm-hmm. leapfrogs his buddy up the stream, and he and uh, and he catches his wise man. Bass. Yes, yes, and, and here's his description. Uh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna keep it as short as I reasonably can, but I wanna, I wanna give everybody a, a flavor for, for Henshaw's uh, prose here. I cast toward the flat rock, and when the minnow floated toward the end of its tether, I began reeling as rapidly as I could when the bass made a vicious lunge and seized the bait. Then followed a battle that I will never forget. So vividly was it impressed on my senses. The bass lunged toward his rock, but I checked him when within a foot of it, whereupon he bounded into the air twice in quick succession, then headed for the flat rock in midstream, giving a series of short, savage jerks on the line. This was a new experience for me. I then discovered that I had a fish to deal with that was capable of no end of original and effective fighting maneuvers that kept me guessing as to what he would do next. His frantic leaps and violent shaking and whirling of a strong body in midair, with wide-open mouth, and the rotary play of his powerful tail were characteristic, unique, and unequalled. Henshaw caught that fish. It was a smallmouth, and it was his very first black bass. It changed the world. It, it,
1: it, it changed the the lexicon. It 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 changed everything. I mean. Unbeknownst to him, it it changed the world of sport fishing. And I will say sport fishing, which encompasses the saltwater and the freshwater. Uh, because at that point in time, people still had not caught 100-pound tarpon out of Florida. They hadn't caught sailfish. They hadn't caught giant bluefin tuna. You know, the sport fish was the freshwater And it was the salmonids, it was the trout, it was the brook trout. It was the rainbow trout in the West. It was the German brown trout in Europe. You know, it was all about the trout. You know, if it didn't have an adipose fin, it, it didn't
0: count. Terry, we know very well what Henshaw went on to accomplish in the sport and what he meant to bass fishing. He writes the first book on bass fishing called Book of the Black Bass in 1881. It contains the most famous line to this day. Uh, I consider him inch for inch and pound for pound, the gamest fish that swims. He writes the second book on bass fishing, uh, more about the black bass eight years later. He's the first guy to raise bass in captivity. He designed the seminal rods and reels of his time. Uh, There's even an excellent argument that Henshaw invented pitching, the technique of pitching he was later president i would say
1: it was more flipping uh,
0: okay because it was fixed line uh but it wasn't fixed line i don't think uh i think that i think he was using the revolving spool to to add distance to it but we'll, we'll talk about that another time let's not go there right now um but he's, he's later president of the American Fisheries Society. He's a hatchery manager. He, for the he's not just Commission. president of it. He's one of the guys that started the American Fisheries Society. Yes. So in sum, Henshaw was among the earliest and easily the most effective advocates for the black bass and bass fishing. Before Henshaw, bass fishing and bass anglers were mostly treated very badly in the press and in the opinions of the angling public. You
1: it, wasn't even, it wasn't even just in the 1800s. It was all the way through the 1950s, the 1960s yes, that, exactly. that bass fishermen were looked you know, down upon. As, well,
0: at least into the 60s, at least into the 60s. But yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm right with you, brother. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right, yeah. now we're about to open this show up. Here on the Big Bass Podcast, we've always said that big is a relative term. A big large mouth in Ohio might not be big in Florida or Texas. A big smallmouth in Delaware is not so big in Tennessee. Similarly, big can be a moment in time. Uh, a timely fish in the Bassmaster Classic can be big, even if it only weighs a couple of pounds. I say to you, Dr. Terry J. Battisti, that James Alexander Henshaw's first black bass a little smallmouth from the Little Miami River out of Morrow, Ohio, on Wednesday, July 4th, 1955, is the biggest black bass ever taken on Rod and Reel. What say you, sir?
1: Uh, are you, what have you been drinking? <laughs>
0: I, got, I got water. I got water. That is the biggest black bass ever taken. You're on a crack. <laughs> what, what's a bigger fish? What's a bigger, more significant fish? A bigger, more significant fish? It, or you just said it's the biggest bigger, fish that's ever been? Bigger.
1: Oh, 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 oh! So
0: you're what's using a more the more consequential. The... Yeah, because remember, the Big Bass Podcast is not about is not entirely about weight. Oh, we, we had, a, oh, we had a Okay, show. all right,
1: all right. I'm I, I'm thinking I'm if thinking ex- mass mass. No, okay. I'm, not, I'm talking Which more than that. E-
0: now, if you want to make the argument that Manabu Kurita's uh, current world record is the biggest in that sense, or if you want to make the argument that Dottie was the biggest, you can't. Oh, no, I'm no, here I to th- say that Henshaw's bass, Henshaw's little smallmouth, is the biggest bass of all time.
1: Oh, you're damn right it is. There's, oh. no, argu- There's no arguing that when you're talking about big where it doesn't
0: concern mass okay no I'm, I'm asking. I'm, I'm opening it wide open to everything wide if, open it yeah if no you the want to, biggest... if you want to include mass you can
1: no I'm not gonna include if you mass, want to include why. money that I mean, is money the, you can that is, that is the fish that changed the sp- it it began a sport it brought the large
0: male, or excuse me the the black bass into the sport fish realm Well, no I don't think it did that I don't I, I think what it did was it triggered the man
1: who would be responsible for that there's a there's a good uh good term to use these days yeah it it absolutely triggered him i mean it here's a guy that that starts out as a brook trout aficionado i mean he's all about the, the 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 brook trout and by chance he hears a conversation on a train and this fish all of a sudden is implanted in his brain and he has to go experience it for himself no it is the that is the biggest fish in the history
0: of the sport, without a doubt. Is it the biggest bass in the history of sport fishing?
1: Oh, I would have to say, I, I, I have to say yes, because you know, like I said in the past, and and and, and you know, maybe our right or our listeners and and the people that watch the podcast on YouTube for the last year, I've been writing a documentary on the history of bass fishing that will hopefully be seen on Netflix or Hulu, uh, possibly even one of the mainstream uh,
0: cable channels
1: uh, by the end of the year, the beginning of 2024. Uh, yeah, you're,
0: you're working with a very talented filmmaker who's made a lot of high profile and successful stuff.
1: Yeah, so I, I'm working with a, a gentleman by the name of Michael Folks. <clears throat> and if uh, you folks are... are, are Saltwater anglers, you might recognize that name uh, as the guy that produced, directed, uh, and filmed Inside Sport Fishing for 27 years, which was the number one uh, fishing show on Fox Sports Network for 27 years. And I have I haven't played a part in the development of the. Saltwater chapters of that documentary, but I have watched every second of of recording of of the saltwater sp- portions, and the saltwater part of sport fishing did not come into play until uh, until the, the the turn of the 19th century into the 20th century, and now we're talking 20 years prior to that. So yeah. Uh,
0: Sport fishing no, was con- We're talking forty-five years prior to that. If we're talking Henshaw's first bass,
1: absolutely. And, and yeah. I guess
0: I'm guessing in the in the world of big game big game sport fishing, which would be the saltwater and things, I'm assuming, and I'm not I'm no expert on on, on saltwater big game fishing, but I'm guessing it's when uh, tarpon were were first successfully pursued on a regular basis in South the, Florida. The
1: Silver King. I mean, the Silver King uh, in Florida. It was the first fish caught in the ocean over a hundred pounds on rod and reel, and a lot okay. of big then, celebrities,
0: like guys like Zane Grey, were chasing them. Oh,
1: you got Zane Grey. You've got Ernest Hemingway. Uh, you've got you know uh,
0: later Ted Williams, uh, Joe well, Brooks. Hemingway came later too. I mean, Hemingway didn't come on yeah, until the '30s or '40s, but Zane right. Grey was around the turn of the last century. Exactly. And then you've got Zane Grey going out to California
1: and catching broadbill in the in the in the teens and the twenties, uh, big tuna off of Catalina. I mean, so you have the Florida folks starting saltwater sport fishing in the nineteen tens, nineteen twenties, and and then they're going out to to California, where the Avalon Tuna Club started. It's the oldest. Big game fishing club in the world, the Avalon Catalina Tuna Club.
0: Yeah, it started. Zane Grey was one of the founders, and they're still. He was exactly. uh, enormously prestigious and an important club out there.
1: Exactly, because in order to become a member of the Catalina of the Avalon Tuna Club, you have to catch a broadbill, a tuna. I think it's either a broadbill or a tuna on period early 20th century tackle, which means linen line and a rod and a reel that they would have used back in the 1910s. That's how you get your pin to become a club member. Now that's hardcore. But we're talking 50, 60 years prior to this, we have... Alex, James Alexander Henshaw bringing the bass to the forefront of sport fishing and actually not just claiming that it's going to become America's number one sport fish. Ah, yes. But how it becomes America's number one sport fish with the decline of rivers and the decline of the trout. The building uh, of dams. The building of dams. You know, we may hate progress, but this is what's going to happen.
0: Yeah, Henshaw I mean, Henshall can see it in the future. It, it it can. I mean,
1: you're in this movie, and you say that James A. Henshaw is the Nostradamus <laughs> of uh, well, people. I'm telling you, I think when Brad I when Pitt I was, is,
0: I think you told me Brad Pitt would be my or somebody's or that. Yeah, Jason Brad Pitt Momoa. is Brad. Yeah, Jason Brad, Momoa is my body double, so that's good.
1: Okay. Yeah. No. When I was asked to do the writing for this documentary, there was one person that I knew that I wanted to interview. Uh, well, there was two. There was Bill Dance, <laughs> and there was Ken Duke. And uh, but uh, when you're doing a history documentary, if you don't have Ken Duke on your, you know, in your top two, you're an idiot.
0: That's wildly yeah. flattering, and, and <laughs> the, the the situation is you should have had the camera on you. But um, but anyway, Be- I, 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 I'm excited. Anyway, yeah. I'm thrilled that you agree with me that Henshaw's first bass, a smallmouth, uh, in 1855 on That weighed a pound staff, and a half. That, that weighed maybe a, pound a buck and, and, and a half. Is the biggest bass in the history of bass fishing, and maybe the biggest fish in the history of sport fishing.
1: Absolutely. I can't disagree with any of that, especially after the the last year of my life that I've spent researching all of this from coast to coast, uh, saltwater to freshwater. Um, In fact, I've changed Michael's opinion of bass fishing in that time.
0: Good for you, that's awesome. Yeah well, Now yeah. I have to share a, a potentially embarrassing story about you, Dr. Battisti, with our <laughs> with the folks. Of listening. course. Of course. <laughs> this episode is all about embarrassing Terry. No, this is not embarrassing, but it's just a, a question of uh, timing. Uh, a few years ago, I said to you, hey man, I want to go to Cincinnati and take a train tomorrow, Ohio, on the 4th of July and catch a bass out of out of the little Miami River. Are you in? And you couldn't make it. But can I get a commitment from you that we will do it one of these days on the anniversary? We're, we're
1: not going to just do it. We're going to record the whole thing. I like it. And, and Ken, if you could get your handlebar mustache back out <laughs> and your fishing regalia, uh, I think that that would be a, I will stand behind the camera. Maybe we can get Nathan to come. Uh, if we can get Nathan to come, I might even dress up in proper attire.
0: Finally, a, lo- a decent level of commitment.
1: But 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 we have to but we have to do it the right way. We have to do it in in James Henshall days tackle. We have to Ooh. find we have to find an eight foot three inch.
0: No, he wouldn't have had Lance, that. that. Lance, he wouldn't have had uh, it for that first trip. Uh, yeah, it wouldn't have been he a would Lance. Not have group. had it uh we no. have to we would have to catch our live minnows with a six foot seine just as he and his unnamed fishing buddy did that day uh we'll figure it out we'll figure it out but as long as i have the commitment from you that we're oh yeah to you got a it for me 100 we're gonna take the train ride we're gonna to go to tomorrow ohio we're gonna we're gonna catch some fish out of there uh and pay, uh, pay I'm, tribute I'm, to i am with Hensley. you
1: i'm with you 100 percent. yeah and we're gonna record it nathan Brother, you have got to be there because I don't want to miss out on the fishing. I'll let I'll let. <laughs> that Ken means
0: Nathan might have to miss out on the fishing. We I will. I out.
1: I'll let Ken play the part of the instructor on that first trip, and I'll play the part of Henschel.
0: <laughs> so we're casting against type, are we? Uh, no. <laughs> All right it's a it's a plan it's a done deal we know exactly when it has to be done it has to be done so that we make the trip on the 4th of July we'll need to go to Cincinnati first we'll do the reverse of what Henshaw did he went from uh, actually Cumberland Maryland near Baltimore to towards Cincinnati where he heard about it and then he went from Cincinnati tomorrow we'll do the Cincinnati tomorrow trip after we go to Cincinnati and check out Henshaw's old residence addresses and things like that it'll be uh, the ultimate in the bass fishing history trip Doctor, thank you for being such a good sport on this and for entering this program in the dark, as it were. How was it on your end? Uh,
1: it was better than I envisioned. I envisioned getting my my butt <laughs> stamped and slapped, and you know some obscure freaking fish that you know that I wouldn't have known about. But yeah, no, you, you were on This top was of it. Uh, this was a good time. And so, would you I'm say gonna, it was in?
0: I'm going to return the favor excellent was it in say it say it insane was it, it was insane. awesome
1: it was awesome
0: all right folks <laughs> time to Not. slam the door on this episode of the big bass podcast thank you for joining us we know your time is valuable and we really do appreciate your spending some of it with us if you enjoyed the show please hit the like and subscribe buttons and if you really liked it man it would be a big deal to us if you would share the show with your friends we want this thing to grow and that would help us a lot If you're a big bass junkie like we are, check out our website at TheBigBassPodcast.com. You'll find the Big Bass Podcast calculator that Terry created. It's good for fish over about 14 and a half pounds. It's deadly accurate. And also on the website, we've got lists of state record largemouth, smallmouth, spotted bass, world records too. If you'd like to contact us, you can reach us via email at uh, Ken at TheBigBassPodcast.com. Terry at the bigbaspodcast.com and Nathan at the BigBassPodcast.com. Please join us again next week and we're gonna bring you another story about another big bass that you will not and cannot find anywhere else. Two things to remember one, happy independence day. And two, size matters.